0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time for the Orange Bowl tomorrow night as I'm recording this live. It is game day as you're watching it. Georgia getting ready for the Orange Bowl against Florida State. Here we go. All right. Good evening. Happy game day. If you're just catching this on Saturday morning, I'm Corey Burton. This is the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for making this a part of your listening schedule. Um, As you can see, I've gotten some new items on the set. Got a new camera. So you notice a little different of an angle. Got a new hoodie. This is arguably one of my favorite hoodies now. I uh, got some new artwork in the background, so uh, looking forward to it, man. This is going to be a great show. Um, this show is presented by BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all your sports wagering needs. If you want to bet it, BetOnline.ag has it, and uh, boy, do they have it. And so uh, it's uh, NHL, full swing NBA, MLB getting ready to kick off um, in uh Well, they're in winter meetings, so they're going to kick off in late March. But uh, NFL's getting ready to roll into the playoffs, college football bowl games finishing up. So plenty to bet on at BetOnline.ag. They also have an online casino as well. If you're into that kind of thing, they had it. So go to the website, BetOnline.ag, and enter the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V. To get a welcome deposit. To get a fifty percent welcome deposit on your, to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Got, got going too fast there. BetOnline.ag. That's where the game starts. Well, uh, speaking of the games, uh, these bowl games have been interesting uh, this year. It's uh, it's been kind of weird as far as like what teams are winning, what teams are dominant what teams are not dominant, what teams are showing up, things like that. All the opt-outs are in full swing, things like that. Uh, Israel and I talked about the committee and how they <clears throat> may or may not have gotten it right or wrong with Florida State. If you want to hear our opinion, we probably talked about it a few weeks ago when it happened. But um nonetheless, Florida State is matched up here with Georgia in the Orange Bowl, and uh, it's going to be an interesting contest because Florida State is a tough out. They do have some good athletes, but they have a ton of they have a ton of opt outs, which doesn't necessarily bode well for them. They they op- uh, this game opens or this game opened at uh, Georgia minus seventeen and a half. I think it's uh, stayed there. I don't think there's much action on Florida State, so uh, it's seventeen and a half right now is the line. Which honestly, with what Georgia has not opting out. Uh, and what Florida State has opting out, this game is this game could be real lopsided real quick. And unfortunately, uh, there's not a whole lot of preview matchup wise uh, that that we can really kind of get into. But um, you know, some things that I'm excited about. Right? Uh, you know, we'll start off with uh, you know we'll start off with the obvious: Brock Bowers and Marius Mims, They are with the team. Uh, they are, uh, they practiced a little bit. Uh, they'll be on the sideline with jerseys on. Um, but, uh, they're not going to be fully, fully dressed out, which Brock Bowers, I think he, I don't know that he's healthy. He kind of went down in the sec championship. I don't think that he is right. And so it's probably a good idea to just go ahead and put him on the injured list and just say, Hey, Brock, we, we, we love that you had a great career. We love that you're supporting the team, things like that. But, I just don't think he would be able to go at 100%. Uh, Marius Mims has been um, in and out of injury as well. Um, he's going to be one of those in attendance. I guess you could call him an opt out. I don't know how you classify him, but um, he will be on the sidelines, uh, rooting on his his teammates. Both will be extremely high draft picks and probably have, probably and hopefully have, long and prosperous NFL careers. Uh, Kamari Lassiter is expected to suit up. Um, he'll play less than normal, uh, probably. He's a little banged up, but um, you know they're also going to want to probably get some other guys some looks as well to see kind of what they have depth wise. Um, <clears throat> Julian Humphrey could you? Know, there's some there's some question marks here about who's going to suit up. Julian Humphrey could suit up um, if he doesn't. Daniel Harris could see some action. Um, I'm excited. I'm really excited about Ladd McConkey. This is, this is his, uh, this is his curtain call, man. He's, this is his, well, he's calling his last ride, man. Um, he's going uh, <laughs> to, I think Carson Beck's going to find him early enough, and often. I think he's going to have a huge game. He should. And it would be a very, very fitting send off uh, for him. I think having, having him kind of step up into that role will be amazing for him because of what he's meant for this program and some of the adversity that he's dealt with i'm super excited about what lad mcconkey can do uh on in this game um so it's uh again with most like and as i said before you know as far as like previewing the game there's not much to preview it's it's all gonna be like different it's all going to be in the mindset, right? It's all going to be like, okay, well, Florida State. All they've been hearing is, you know, how they don't deserve to be in the game, how they got screwed, you know, how you know they've just been hearing the back and forth with all of that. They've been pissed. They've been busy trying to get legislative help, uh, help from the governor, the state house, the this, the national senators, and you know, whoever else can get involved politically they've been trying to make a lot of fuss about that. And I, I think honestly, that's probably been a big distraction for them. Um, they All they've done is answer question over question, over question, over question about that. And so um, they've had a lot of guys opt out too. Like, okay, well, we're not in the playoffs. Yeah, um, we're just going to not play in this one. And uh, good luck, guys. And, and so that's going to be, whew, it's going to be rough for them, man. I, I Honestly, I, I think their mindset is just kind of all over the place. I, and Mike Norvell's got his work cut out for him here. It was, a, it was going to be a really tough matchup to begin with. And I think it would have been a really tough matchup for them had they had their full complement of players. Uh, they're also dealing with the whole conference realignment stuff. Like, they're battling with the ACC as a university. And so that could also come into play here as far as a distraction. I don't know. But Georgia's pissed about not being in the playoff. They're pissed about – Losing to Alabama, they want to end the season on a high note. That's a little bit different of a mentality. I think in Kirby's third year, it was the third year where they uh, they were coming off a national championship runner-up. Uh, they lost to Bama in the SEC championship, ended up getting a Sugar Bowl berth, uh, kind of similar to what's going on now. They played an emerging Texas team with uh, – with, uh, what's his name? um sam ellinger and they got their butt kicked because they weren't focused they had guys that were opted out but on the sideline that were just major distractions and it was just it was just bad it was it was a bad deal all around they lost kirby's like yeah never again the next year they beat baylor and then the rest is history they've done well in bowl games ever since so um you know i I think the mindset stuff is going to be um Going to be interesting. So, does Florida State have a chance? They're starting Brock Glenn, right? Okay. So, do they have a chance to cover? That's the question you're probably all asking yourself. Do they have a chance to cover? And they have Brock Glenn, who probably who has never seen a defense even remotely close to this, because the only time he did, the only time he saw any sort of college defense was against Louisville. He's he's seen his own defense, which is pretty talented in its own right. But in practice, but that's practice. He's not seen Georgia's defense. Ain't gonna be good for him. Um, He is uh, gonna be without Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Trey Benson, Jaheim Bell. Um, He's not gonna have any of those weapons. So it's gonna be how how deep does. How deep does their depth chart run with talent? Uh, we're going to we're gonna find some names. There's going to be some names that you're like, okay, this guy, he's a, he's a player, he's a dude, right? So uh, they're just going to have to – Florida State's just going to have to get creative, honestly, uh, if they want a chance in this game. If they want a chance to cover, if they want a chance to win, if they want a chance to even score points, whatever, however you want to phrase it. If they want a point, they're going to have to get creative. And getting creative means – takeaways, special teams, trick plays and just hopefully taking advantage of the fact that Georgia might be running out some guys as well uh on on their side uh with uh you know with some of these younger DBs who uh communication's been an issue this whole season maybe Georgia simplifies hopefully Georgia simplifies their game plan. Um so th- those are the keys for Florida State, the key for Georgia pressure. Pressure, 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 pressure. CJ Allen and Raylan Wilson have to have a tremendous game. Uh pressure, pressure, pressure. Hit Brock Glenn. Hit him again. Hit him again and again and again and again. Make him peel himself off the turf every single time he throws. Get pressure in his face. All right, these DBs, they've got to communicate. And I think on the and I think on the coaching side of it, I think. Glenn Schumann, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp—I I think they have to come up with a plan that's digestible, easy to communicate with a bunch of new guys. Like I, I think sometimes they get a little bit too elaborate, and guys don't understand the side adjustments. Guys don't understand formation adjustments or matter uh, pattern matching and stuff like that, <clears throat> where there's has to be a lot of thinking going on and a lot of quick thinking and a lot of quick processing, and these guys don't necessarily have that no fault to them. They're just not, they're just not developed. So um, they're going to have to probably simplify the game plan a little bit. Maybe just go out there and say, Hey, we're just going to go. We're just going to play hard, man. We're just going to go. We're going to come after you. We're going to play hard. We're going to play some simple coverages behind some, some good pressure and uh, we're just going to flat get after you. So the keys to Georgia for offense, get the run game going, man. Kendall Milton, Dajon Edwards, get them rolling, get Kendall Milton, send him off in the right way as well. Find Lad McConkey plenty of times, develop a tight end. So you got Lawson Lucky, uh, Oscar Delp, um, Pierce Sperlin. If he's, if he's ready to go, he may get some action. Um, get some of these receivers, get Rah-Rah Thomas more comfortable, get uh, Get Dominic Lovett more comfortable. And let's, uh, let's get this thing, let's get this thing cracking. So, I think that, I think we can end it simply by saying this. If Georgia comes in as focused as they've been in bowl prep, they will be just fine. Again, they will be just fine. So, um, some other things happening. Um, some other things that are really, really good, actually. Uh, when you look at what George has done in the transfer portal, uh, I, I'm loving it, man. Uh, they got a Christmas miracle in getting uh, in, in getting Trevor Etienne. Uh, this was a real – I mean, this was something that the last time I did a solo thing, it was uh, – it wasn't a surprise. It was just a matter of when. And the longer he drew it out, the more I actually kind of doubted it a little bit, but – uh, Trevor Etienne, man, he is a special, special player, right? He is uh, running back from Florida. Um, didn't really get to get his full complement of stuff because I think Florida just kind of misused him a little bit and they just didn't have a whole lot of talent around him. So I, I think it's something that when you, when you look at how he plays, man, it is. It, he's a special dude, man. He's electric. I mean, he's got a good bloodline. His brother, Travis, is playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he is about as electric as it gets. So I'm I'm excited about this one. Um, He's a great, great downhill runner, great receiver, um, out of the backfield, just can do a lot of everything. He has good vision, good awareness, good burst through the hole, Um, and then he can also pull away from you. As I'm watching clips against Tennessee, um, he he is just just an all around dude. He just gets it, man. He he just he just has really really good awareness, and he can kind of he can kind of get through uh, some some tight some tight spots. Also, a couple of receivers joining the mix uh, with with Lad McConkey leaving, Marcus Jack Jacksate likely. I think he's graduating as well. I think you're losing some pieces there. Uh, had a couple of transfer portal stuff. Uh, you get Colby Young from Miami and London Humphreys from Vanderbilt. Now, now London Humphreys is uh he, he is somebody that I think is gonna be your new uh he's gonna be your new lad McConkie. He's uh he's 6'3. He, he's a little bit taller than Lad McConkey. And uh he's from actually from Nashville. So uh, I'm I'm excited about what 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 George is getting in uh, London Humphreys, I, I think he's somebody that um, could come in immediately and make an impact. Uh, he, he's a smart, intelligent football player, understands spatial awareness, uh, makes some really, really good catches down the field, um, has really good burst if you can hit him in stride. He's, he's just a playmaker, man. Uh, Georgia saw – Kirby Smart saw first, uh, firsthand in a game that got really interesting unnecessarily at Vanderbilt it was uh, it was because London Humphreys was making plays down the field, and he and he's not just somebody that's a possession receiver. Now you know what I'm talking about, but uh, he's somebody that can, he's he's electric. He can he can make it go. He had 22 catches, 439 yards, and and scored four times for uh, in an offense that was abysmal, in an offense that really had no plan. They couldn't decide on a quarterback. They couldn't protect the quarterback. They couldn't. I mean, it's just an offense that could not function. Just uh, simply put, it just could not function. And as a wide receiver, if you're in a dysfunctional offense, it's really hard to put up good numbers. But this guy's a guy that's certainly capable of putting up really, really good numbers for uh, for where wherever he would have landed. He would have put up really, really good numbers. But he, hes just—he's just so he's just quick. He's really sharp in and out of his breaks. He, like I said, he just—just just his understanding of the game and, and understanding how to run routes and why you run routes certain ways, I, I think, is vastly important from uh, the wide receiver position. So um, I am—I'm uh, so stoked, man. Uh, a couple guys joining in, Mike Freeman, Aloha from Pearl Harbor, go dogs, man. I love it. Thank you for joining me. David Johnson, go dogs, man. This is uh this is exciting, man. This orange bowl is going to be uh, going to be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty on point, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see these new transfers in, in the spring. I'm excited to see Colby Young. I'm excited to see uh, London Humphreys, Trevor ETN. Th- those are the ones I'm most excited about because, you know, I, I think they're going to, those two those those three are dynamite dude they are absolute dynamite so colby young coming in from the u right coming in from the u he is uh he's also dynamite in a bottle so um colby young watching his film right now again he's somebody that explodes off the ball jumps off the page at you he's somebody that I really enjoy watching and I think he was a big part of why the Canes were somewhat successful, at least early in the year. Uh, But, you know, he's just looking for a place where he can go and thrive and, you know, maybe get in the best league in the, in all the land. Um, Just make, just a playmaker, dude, just the athletic ability, the ability to find the ball in the air. Um, There was a play against Virginia Tech in particular where he uh, ran a, ran a, uh, a go route up the up the up the numbers and uh, Van Dyke dropped one in the bucket. DB was holding him. I think they threw a flag on it. DB was holding him. He just reaches out with his right paw and just snags it out of the air. I mean, it was something. It was something thoroughly, thoroughly impressive. Impressive. And so um, you're probably and, and on a side note, you're probably wondering why the heck I'm sitting here by myself uh, recording without Israel. Um, a, I needed to get a show out there. B, um, well, he's he's coaching in the Georgia Elite Classic. That game happened um, earlier this evening. Uh, that was a fun experience for him. I think this is his second year doing that. Uh, he was uh state championship coach, offensive coordinator for the Ware County Gators. Um, they didn't make it to the state championship this year, but they had a really nice season made to the second round of the playoffs before they got knocked out by Warner Robins. But um, he's off doing that, so that's uh, that's exciting for him. I'm excited for him to get a chance to do some things that uh, that will allow him to build his resume and uh, get some really really good coaching experience and make some really good uh, network of people that he can uh, contact uh, throughout the whole process. So I'm excited for Israel. Um, I am just kind of taking taking the slack over um, as he's doing that, and we'll we'll, we'll reconvene next week probably. Um, I want to get his opinion. We'll obviously talk about the, the Orange Bowl and, and what transpired, uh, and then we'll talk about some of these transfers and what kind of impact they're going to make. And we're finally going to talk some hoops, which I might get into a little hoops. Well, maybe not. I'll save that for next week. But um, that would be kind of our uh, that would be kind of our adventure into conference play uh, for Mike White and the Bulldogs. Man, they've been they've been pretty pretty good, man. They've been pretty special uh, on, on the hardwood. So. I've been excited about what uh, what this Georgia basketball team can uh, can accomplish. So, but hold, hold your thoughts there. Maybe I might get to it. So, um, but the uh, the transfer portal guys were were outstanding. Uh, early signing day. I don't think we got a chance to do an early signing day show. Um, we went on Christmas break. There was a lot of things going on. Uh, don't think we had a chance to ever do one uh with that so um we'll talk Israel and I'll talk more about uh talk more about these recruits in general but man uh the biggest one obviously KJ Bolden holy cow man uh did not think we'd get him Florida State's probably a little upset about that uh but he is a 6'2 180 pound DB uh from Beaufort Georgia uh didn't didn't think we were gonna get him I think Israel and I talked about Dylan Raiola flipping. I think that was the last time we uh we, we saw you. Um but uh KJ Bolden, man, special, special dude. And he's gonna be he'll be a three year player before he goes to the NFL, man. This guy is this guy's special. Uh, I'm excited about Nasir Johnson. Uh 6'5, 290 on the defensive line. We need some guys like that. Like I, I really kind of like the the uh the taller, leaner defensive linemen um, that are quick, that, you know, because we move a lot. Georgia moves a lot. So that's that's going to be a really, really big asset. Uh, Namdi Ogbuko from Garner, North Carolina, 6'4, 350. Uh, th- so that guy is pretty freaking huge. Um, he's going to be a big cog in the middle. Um, and then you have Jordan Thomas from, uh, from New Jersey, 6'6, 296. Um, also in the defensive tackle position i I think that was a position that we uh said okay we're gonna uh we're gonna prioritize that in high school recruiting because well that was probably the weakest position that we had uh this past season not to say we didn't have any talent it's just that we didn't have that dude that just would just dominate like we've had the last few years with jordan davis and Jalen carter those guys and even trenton thompson and uh back, back to, back to then. So, um, it's just something, you know, we just got to find that big, big superstar. And I think trying to get, uh, trying to get some of these guys like Nandi Ogbako, like trying to find the next Jordan Davis where you just have some big athletic dude in the middle. You have some like smaller, faster guys, like not like Nassir Johnson from Dublin, 65 290 He'll, he'll obviously come in and put on a little bit of weight there. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, but just this defensive line class has me uh yeah, has me has me fired up. So uh the comments, man, they're they're popping off, man. Uh stay true. Florida State about to get mopped. 24 players not playing. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Um, yep. <laughs> uh yeah, I was watching this. They played in the empty cereal bowl. Ooh, it was bad, man. Um yeah, that was uh that was an ugly game for a while, man. It set football back. Tremendously. But Eli Drinkwitz man, uh, he was considered by a lot probably gonna be the first fired in the SEC. He was picked 13th overall, uh, in in the in the conference as far as record goes. Like nobody expected Missouri to do anything. They didn't expect him to go to any bowl. So um, I will I will take that, man. I will definitely take that. So um yeah, double zeros. Stay true. Uh, but yeah, Ohio State, Missouri, uh Glad, I'm always I'm always happy to see Ohio State lose. It's so funny because you know they they absolutely hate Ryan Day over there. Like they're absolutely probably still blaming the fact that oh we only lost because Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't play. Pretty big deal, but again, it's football. Injuries happen, but yeah. So, um, yeah, Ryan Day. <laughs> I mean, he I, there's something about him. Like I, I just. It just doesn't feel like he's genuine, you know? I mean, I don't think he sucks as a coach. I think he's got a lot of knowledge. I think he's pretty pretty good at what he does. But I just don't – I think he sucks at, like, motivating his players. And I think he, I, I think where he is bad is connecting, right? That's where Kirby's so elite is the, uh, the connection piece of it. Um, Ryan Day is not. Ryan Day does not connect. And you can kind of tell. It just doesn't seem – doesn't seem like they're always on the same page. Doesn't seem like they're they're with it, right? I think where Eli Drinkwitz with Missouri, I think where he made his biggest leap was, and I think the turning point, obviously, absolutely, was the Georgia game last year. And I mean, even though they lost that game, that was the turning point for them because up until that game, they were thinking about firing in midseason last year. You know, and now. Here he is. He is screaming on the podium at the Cotton Bowl, at the Cotton Bowl Trophy Ceremony. But he, he found a connection point with his players. And he finally found that point where they now believe in him. And so by doing that, he was able to get them to buy in a little bit. He's able to get a few recruits in, like Luther Burden comes in. And now he is an absolute menace. Uh, he gets uh, Con- he gets Cody Schreyer. I keep wanting to call him Connor. He he gets Cody Schrader out of the portal and he comes in and freaking tears it up. Uh, you lose Connor Basilak and you're thinking, okay, well, they don't have a quarterback to throw to Luther Burden. You know, who the heck is going to throw the ball to him? Brady Cook comes in, lights it up, man. Connor Basilac proves that he is just not very, very good. So um Slim, I I, I appreciate you, man. Um, we 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 try. right? we try. Uh, but like I said, it, it's even more lit when Israel's here uh, beside me. So go watch some of our previous episodes. Um, I'm just kind of holding down the fort here, man. Um, so you guys, you guys in the chat, man, just keep these questions coming as I go. I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of go on about this uh, recruiting class, but you guys keep it, you guys keep it coming. But yeah, like I said, the Cotton Cotton Bowl is terrible, man. Uh, how about, uh, how about Kentucky not holding up their end of the bargain? Which I kind of predicted that, but. Um, you know they lost a, they lost they lost a close one today against Clemson which a Clint Clem, this Clemson team's been like a roller coaster man they've been kind of up and down anyway so um that that game was just that season for them has been pretty weird because they come out and get freaking hammered by duke and then uh they get hammered by Florida State they hammer Georgia Tech who's actually a really good t- football team who beat a really good UCF team in their bowl game um but yeah, Kentucky did. They had some chances too, man. Uh, but they they couldn't get it done. Could not get it done. But don't worry. Missouri's here. They got it done for sure. <sighs> this is a good question. Um I I got Alabama. Um, I got Alabama. I want Alabama to win that one. Um, not a fan of Michigan whatsoever. Um, I, I think Alabama just Just, I don't think Michigan has an answer for Jalen Milrow. I I don't. I don't think that Michigan can block uh, Braswell and Dallas Turner. I I think uh, JJ McCarthy is going to get destroyed. Uh, They're not. If you remember the Orange Bowl a couple years ago when they played Georgia, how that game went. That's how I see this game going against Alabama. I, I just don't think they match up very well. Um, because what what Michigan wants to try to do is exactly what Alabama is the best at defending, which Georgia actually tried to – Georgia tried to mimic the game plan that Michigan wants to do and got, you know, got beat for the first time in 30 tries. Um, so it's – yeah, Michigan for sure. Uh, the, I think the better game – Honestly, is going to be Texas Washington. I think that one's going to be, that one's going to be tight, man. That one's going to be high scoring. That one's going to be exciting. If you want a really really good football game, Quinn Ewers versus Michael Penix Jr., like you need to watch that and take notes because they're going to show you how quarterbacks are supposed to play. It's going to look a lot like that Washington Oregon game that first one, where you had Bo Nix um, versus uh, Michael Penix Jr. It was kind of like the battle for the Heisman at the time, which. Um, Obviously, that game didn't hold up like that uh, because Jaden Daniels just absolutely put on a show uh, for for the entire season and stole. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say st- stole the uh, the Heisman, but he kind of snuck in there, just kind of kind of jumped in front of those two and just. I guess you could say. St- I, I guess you could say stole, but um, yeah, Texas, Washington, that's going to be the game right there. Texas, Alabama rematch of the 09 uh Rose Bowl rematch of the last two games in the series <laughs> where where they're split so that's going to be good. Uh, what's UJ's win record in 2024 what spot of the CFP will Georgia be at the end? It's going to be weird, man. Um because the uh the way the SEC's set up, like the schedule's so much different. Georgia has a brutal brutal schedule. Um But uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that have drastically improved. Like Ole Miss has drastically improved with the stuff that they've gotten in the transfer portal. Alabama will always be Alabama. Uh, The way the uh, SEC championship is set up, I I think you're going to have it's going to be a true one versus two in the conference. Um, I think Georgia will be there, though. I I think Carson Beck coming back. You have all the those uh, receivers coming back with the additions of Humphreys and. and Kobe White and you have Trevor Etienne coming in into the mix uh, in, in the run game Branson Robinson coming off injury like I, I don't know if you've seen that guy's arms but there's they're about as they're tree trunks <laughs> attached to his shoulder it's ridiculous but um all that to answer your question I think I think 11 one at worst uh, for for Georgia uh not sh- not exactly sure where the loss comes there's a gauntlet there. Uh, where they play Alabama on the road, which is always a tough place to win. So um, you could probably chalk that one up as, you probably chalk that one up as a, as a, uh, as a loss there. So I'm going to say 11 and one. They'll probably be about the 11 and one. And depending on if they win the SEC championship, they'll probably, if they win the SEC, they'll be the number one seed. If they lose the SEC, they'll probably be the five or six. Um, the, the kick six that was a very special season for them because two games prior to that they had the uh the prayer jordan where two georgia players collide and the ball popped out and uh and a dude ran it in so yeah i remember that one i was uh i i ran through the gamut of emotions in that one so yeah that was uh but that was fun when they beat alabama for sure um but yeah 2000 um. That was in 2013. The kick six was 2013. Um, best SEC game that I've ever seen? That's a great question, Slim. There's a – oh, shoot, there's a bunch of those, man. Uh, my, one of my favorite ones was in 04 2004. I was a student at Georgia. Uh, 2004, Nick Saban had, had come in. They had just uh, – they'd come in. They had just beaten us the prior season in the SEC championship. Uh, they'd beaten us twice that season, um, actually. And they had just come off a national championship. And I Georgia just beat the brakes off of them. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh the Georgia-Florida game that year was also a ton of fun. Uh the that was whew, that was that was a lot of fun because that that, that I, Georgia kind of pulled away in that one. Um, I would say probably the best one that I've seen, like just far as like best game, back and forth game. Uh, that i've ever seen 2002 georgia auburn where you had the uh the, the michael johnson catch I, I think that was one of the ones that that i've seen in person now there's a lot that i've watched on tv um that would probably mirror that like the rose Bowl i didn't see that in like in person i don't know if that counts but like obviously the 2017 rose Bowl uh the two net the, the 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 um peach bowl last year against ohio state the you know the you know the national championship the year before against alabama like those games were incredible but like games that i was actually in person at were uh was was that one uh where michael johnson went up and, and caught it to win that to win the division for the first time in over a decade uh that ultimately led to their first uh SEC championship in 20 years um so or 30 years at that point uh it was it was a long time so to answer your question, uh, the best game that I've ever seen in person was probably that one, the best game that I ever watched on TV. The best Georgia game that I've ever seen was uh, – was the best SEC game that I've ever seen was that national championship in 2020. Was I guess it was 21 season, uh, year 2022, uh, the one in Indy where Georgia beat Alabama. That, that was really, really good. And a couple of them that I've seen, SEC championship – that were losses that were really really good games actually so uh lots of good sec games um you know the 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 kick six game was one of the best that i've se- that i've watched on tv that didn't involve georgia there's a lot of good sec games like the bluegrass miracle was a good one i remember watching that in high school um you know you have uh the seven overtime game between lsu and texas a&m that was a fun one i, I kept trying to go to bed because <laughs> it was late <laughs> i just couldn't because I, I was like, I can't turn this game off. So that was uh that, that's a really good question, Slim. I there's a lot of different like there's a lot of different caveats as far as like picking a game. So you guys tell me what's the best SEC game you've ever seen. You tell me. I will say, give me one that you've seen in person, and the one that you the the best one that you've seen that you've watched, like start to finish so those are interesting interesting questions really good question though there's a lot of games man there's a lot of memories a lot of a lot of really really good games a lot of really good bowl games uh the texas usc game um is arguably considered the, the best game of all time um the fact that it was for a repeat national championship the georgia tcu game for me was really really good um i really enjoyed watching that um just because of the implications of that. But uh yeah, so that was uh, that was really, really good. Keep the questions coming, guys. It's uh th- these are these are really really good stuff. Mike, I appreciate it, man. That was a really good, really good question there. From Hawaii, man. Jeez. We're we got a broad reach, man, to believe in Georgia dogs, man. This is uh this is exciting stuff, man. Um so uh, basketball you guys watch hopefully you guys watch basketball man georgia basketball has been really really good actually I've, I've been impressed with what they've been able to do in the sport of basketball because of how abysmal they were last year like i don't know if you guys remember that but i tried to block that out but um they just keep winning man i mean they beat north florida obviously but uh they've won six in a row dude like it's it's crazy. Like they they've been rolling, man. Abdurrahim um has been great, man. This just this team is just the way they've been the way they've responded has been incredible, man. Like Noah Thompson, Silas Demary, uh Jabari Rahim is uh you won seven in a row, actually. Um uh, they've I mean they've just they've been playing really good team basketball, man. They've 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 well they've you know some things that plagued georgia basketball a year ago was rebounding had zero presence inside defending which you saw a lot of a lot of teams just cruising into the basket not so much this year man they're 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 tough man they're getting rebounds they're hitting shots they're actually moving the ball around they're actually playing good team basketball like i've, I've always i've always maintained the fact that georgia always played like five guys that just met at the Y and they called next, right? That's, that's what I've always said. Georgia is that. And they're not that anymore. I'm excited to see what they do in conference play because this league is really, really good. So um, I'm excited about it, man. Um, We'll talk more about that as conference play gets, uh, gets rocking and rolling. But man, um, you know, it's been 40 minutes already. Holy cow you guys thank you for um thank you for hanging with me man will georgia go over 40 p- points on offense yes yes they will they absolutely will uh, i think they're gonna have a big day actually um it might be a little slow at the first because bowl games usually work that way but um yeah they're they're gonna go over 40 they They're it's gonna like it's gonna be a lot like a lot of the early games were where it's like oh god like what are we doing and then then just pull away late you know <laughs> And actually, you know, it's like 42 to 7, and you're like, how did we get here? But yeah, absolutely. I think we'll go – I think we'll hit 40. Um, according to Bet Online. let me check what the line is. Uh, BetOnline.ag. We'll see if it's still at 17 and a half or if it's kind of been bet down a little bit. Um, they uh, – I don't want to show that. So, yeah, the, this – yeah. Forty points, I, I think, would be easy. Uh, let's see. It is now. Georgia is now minus twenty, so the line's gone up. the The money line is minus fourteen hundred, which is you're basically losing money. Uh, the over/under set at forty four and a half. Georgia will. Al- I feel like Georgia could almost cover that by themselves. So. That's your most recent updated line. Who will be the second-string quarterback next year? I think it's Gunner. Um, I've always maintained that it's Gunner. That's why Brock transferred. Brock was kind of that de facto guy, but he was getting beat out by Gunner. And Gunner's a special dude. And Gunner, um, yeah, Gunner's a special dude. I, I'm a big fan of Gunner Stockton. Hey, I don't I, – I don't care if it's off topic, man. I I, I love talking about the Lions, man. They're, the Lions have been one of my favorite stories in the NFL. Uh, Dan Campbell, like if you don't want to run through a wall for that guy, holy cow. Um, that's a tough one, man, uh, honestly, uh, before you type out who you have. I Dallas is kind of struggling, but they've got a lot of firepower. Michael Parsons is almost nearly impossible to block. So, um, anytime that he's playing, that's usually a really really tough guy to scheme for. Um, CD Lamb's obviously a tough guy to scheme for defensively. Um, but I think ultimately Detroit will win this game because they're they're hot. Dallas is kind of struggling a little bit. They're kind of scuffling a little bit. So they need to. Like they have more to more ground to cover, I think, right now to kind of get back on track. So um, yeah. I'm taking Detroit. Who who do you have? Yeah, they're the brand new Lions, man. First division title in 30 years. Can you believe that? It's crazy. And then freaking old man Flacco. Good lord, man. This is uh this is turning to believe in the NFL. But yeah, old man Flacco, dude. He was uh he was getting ready to, like, hang him up for good because he wasn't getting any calls. Like, everybody was like, nah, we're, we're, we're good. We don't want Joe. And then, man, he comes in and slinging it with the Browns. They've done a good job. The Browns have done a good job, like, using Joe Flacco the right way and scheming the right way, planning the right way of, like, what he's good at and what he can do. So, I've been very, very impressed with that. Um, so, yeah, the Browns the Browns are really good. T- to to get back sort of on topic, uh, Todd Munkin has been tremendous in Baltimore. Like Lamar Jackson is playing MVP caliber caliber football again. And Todd Munkin is the offensive coordinator there. So, like, he's basically he's basically like the Superman version of Stetson Bennett. And what Stetson Bennett was able to do under Todd Munkin is incredible. Just imagine, you know. I couldn't imagine like I was like, when he first took that job, I was like, oh my God, like. He's going from Stetson Bennett to Lamar Jackson. Like, this is going to be ridiculous. This is a really good fit for Todd Munkin because he has a similar style quarterback and he's just good. And so they've been, you know, they've been, they've been balling. Um. So yeah, I'm, man, this has been fun. This has been a fun show so far. Uh, who do you guys have in the, uh, who do you guys have in winning the Super Bowl? That's a question for you guys out there. Mike Slim. Um, Rutgers quarterback plays like a running back, yeah. Um, that was more, like I don't know if you guys remember who Jake Locker is, but uh he was first round pick for the for the Tennessee Titans. Um because I live up here in Nashville and um I always said that he was a quarterback that believed he's that believed he's a running back. I'm like, dude, you gotta start playing like you're a freaking um, quarterback, man. But yeah, Rud speaking of a program that's done really, really well it's Rutgers. Holy cow. Um yeah, that's you probably get a lot of 49ers games out there in Hawaii. But yeah, they're they're good. Slim, put some money on it. Put like five bucks on it. See, so you, you know, see what happens. If they win the Super Bowl, dude, that'd be incredible. Lions. Oh my god, that'd be that'd be really nice. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Like I would like hard knocks really kind of made me a big time believer in uh in motor city Dan Campbell. MCDC. So yeah. I'm 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 a huge fan of that. I, I would I would love that. Lions in the Super Bowl. Oh. Well, there you go. You're a Falcons fan. I don't know whether to say congratulations or I'm sorry. Uh, I I'm, I'm I'm the same. I'm in the same boat. I'm a Falcons fan. Um and I've lived up here in Nashville and I've I just I have I'm having a hard time converting over to the Titans because I'm always one of those that likes to root for the team that's in my backyard. And I grew up in Atlanta. So uh that's that's my team. That's always been my team. And I can't like I, I can't just leave them behind. So yeah, I'm with you there. Um I'm gonna add Hawks to that list too, Mike. Um not because I'm a huge NBA fan, but just because like, hey, if I'm gonna root for an NBA team, it's gonna be the Atlanta Hawks. Like, and when they had a hockey team, I was gonna root for them. But uh since the hockey team left, it's been real easy to jump on the the Nashville Predators, which I think you should Become a Preds fan if you if you want to if you want to watch some NHL. I don't I don't know how much NHL uh, people like out there in Hawaii, but yeah, uh, but yeah, definitely the Hawks. Um, Panthers will win the Super Bowl. Win twenty twenty nine. It was a pitiful season for them, man. They had some they had some talent, man. They just, uh, yeah. Hi. who's your team? I'm I'm a Preds fan, I guess if you want to call it that. Um, Preds fan. Uh, became a Preds fan. Like I went to a game when I first moved up here, and I was hooked, man. That you want to talk about an environment, man. That's a who for a professional sport like hockey. That like it's like a kind of a cult following. It, that's a that was a atmosphere, man. Like. It felt like an SEC football game there with the Predators. It was amazing, and then they made that Stanley Cup run, lost in the finals, but lost in Game Six of the finals that year. But they made that Stanley Cup run. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a big big hockey fan, um, starting to be. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of teetering on the uh, on the Titans, like the Titans coverage, and like I'm just kind of immersed in Titans, 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 Titans. Titans. Um, Like a lot of my secondary teams are nashville related like like you see that right there right um i just thought that was kind of cool um but uh yeah it's uh i'm starting to kind of gravitate towards some of the nashville teams like nashville sc uh for for mls like uh you know the preds you know if, if if nashville gets a major league baseball team which I've heard is in the works, but if they ever get a major league baseball team, like going to have to be a fan of them that it's going to be hardest to quit the Braves though. The Braves are like my number one, because that was the first thing that I, that was the first thing that I really kind of grew up in going to Braves games. Like I, like as a ki- as a little kid, like I wasn't like, I, I just wasn't like a college football fan like that as a kid. Like I, I loved college football, but like I never really gravitated towards a team. My dad played at Florida State, so naturally I kind of just gravitated towards them a little bit. Um, not sure which one you're referring to. I think they're all dope, but uh, this one is when Ugga attacked the Auburn player, which it's kind of being um, blown out by the light there. Uh, this one is from actually the Rose Bowl, where, uh, where Isaiah Wynn lifted up. Uh, Nick Chubb after scoring a touchdown. It's actually a charcoal painting, uh, which is kind of cool. I need to move this. I need to move this down a little bit. Um, that's Macho Man. Ran- that's Randy Savage. Um, this is this is Tupac right here. Uh, this is Biggie right there. This is the football for my senior year of high school, where my dad won his hundredth game as head coach. Um, and then uh, right here over my shoulder, that's when uh press box caught on fire at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And then my Nokia Sugar Bowl watch box right there. So, yeah, I appreciate your – I appreciate you admiring my set. I kind of like meticulously put this together. I got a new camera, so like now I got to put something like right here almost like fill up that space, like move – move that down a little bit since it's not being shown and it needs to be shown at my, uh, my rivals five-star challenge backpack right there used to work for rivals. A little mess down here. I got to clean up. So, but yeah, that's how we roll. Yeah. I used to work in the recruiting office. I was a student from 02 to 06. I worked in the Jalen Walker. Man, that dude is uh I'm a big fan of Jalen Walker. He's uh he's a he's a dynamic player. It's just somebody that's uh he's just there, man. He, he like he, he just blinked, man. And he's like making a play somewhere. You can't stop him. Like he's he's just he's just another one of the – like he's like the next dude in the line, like of like you have like Michael Williams or Jalen Walker, uh Trevon Walker, you know, those guys, like all those like elite. Playmakers, like, he's just he's just in that list now. <laughs> he's just one of those guys, and, and he's earned it. I, I'm a big fan of Jalen Walker. He's somebody that jumps off the page at you. Um, one of my favorite all-time Georgia players to watch was actually Thomas Davis. I don't know if you remember him. He was uh, – Thomas Davis was somebody who would light you up. Um, yeah, it's his first or second year. I think it's the second year. Um, didn't get a whole lot of time last year, but he's he's really kind of come on this year. Um, he kind of had to. He kind of had to grow up a lot last year, I think. And plus, he was uh, behind Nolan Smith for first half of the year, and then he kind of worked his way in But after Nolan Smith went down. But, uh, yeah, Thomas Davis, dude, would absolutely – destroy you. Yeah, he played uh yeah, he played for the Panthers. Um he was uh he played safety at Georgia. And I I saw him uh they they ran safety blitz three plays in a row against Alabama in 03 when when um, Alabama came in it was like Brody Croyle. They um they knocked out three quarterbacks in three plays. Three consecutive plays. First down off the edge. Boom. Destroys Brody Croyle um second play they bring in the backup spencer pennington whoo, comes off the edge just murders him uh third play third string guy whoo, i don't even know his name just comes off the edge and destroys him and then and then somehow they brought brody Croyle back in and it was just it was it was insane i've never seen anything like it haven't seen anything like it since um david pollock was really fun to watch he was just he was one of those guys that just you look at him you're like how the hell is he playing like this but dude was super athletic um i uh dj shockley was somebody it was really fun to watch um you know i really liked uh i really liked our linebacker boss bailey um he was somebody that would block field goals he would uh he would jump from behind the line he he's the reason why they have the rule where you can't jump over the line. He's, he's the reason. Um, cause he would, he had this 40, I think he had a 45 inch vertical Played for the, He got drafted by the lions. I think he had some injury stuff. Didn't really make it much in the NFL. Uh, his brother's in the hall of fame, uh, champ, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Like some of the stuff, like I remember, uh, a really fun game. I don't think it's a really memorable, memorable game as far as like college football lore, but like my freshman year, uh, we snuck a bunch of, uh, a bunch of beasts in the, in the game, like in our jackets, we had these big puffy jackets that we wore because it was cold and we snuck like a, a six pack each in these big puffy jackets. And it was Milwaukee's best, which is called beast. And, uh, we, <laughs> We called them victory beasts. And uh I remember Eli we played against Eli Manning and uh I remember Tim Jennings picked six him. That was an, that was one of my favorite moments. I went freaking nuts when that happened. So yeah, that was uh that was a lot of fun. But uh anyway, well uh I'm gonna jump off here, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off. I've been been going for about an hour. I hope you've enjoyed it, man. This this chat has been a lot of fun, man. I thank you guys. Stay around. Um Stay true. Um, thank you for interacting. Double zeros, man. Appreciate you being here. Mike, coming all the way in from Hawaii. It's probably like dinner time there, so um, you're probably just you're probably eating your uh, eating your dinner and watching me. So I uh, appreciate you guys stick around uh, the channel. Check out all of our content. Pass it pass it along. Uh, our social media stuff is right here on the page. Um, at Coach Burton Thirty Six is my personal uh X page you can find me also uh you can find the show on on Instagram as well uh just just man just just get involved stay with us man this is uh it's been a good ride man I, I appreciate you this has been a great great episode uh when Israel gets back we'll have some more uh good conversation so uh so stick around we'll probably try to live stream a little bit more if you guys will uh jump in so uh with that being said uh Good night. Enjoy the game. Uh, When you wake up, it's probably game day. So uh, make sure you enjoy it and uh, stay safe out there. Have a happy new year. We'll see you back here in 2024. Good night. And as always, go dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.